Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may remain seated. When you are in a really big city and your congregation is really spread out and you do a lot of driving, you tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. And one of the things that comes with podcasts is commercials. And what I find is if you listen to the same podcast for a few weeks, you get the same commercials over and over again. And I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but the commercial at the beginning every single time was an American Express commercial. And the American Express commercial was about this woman who was kind of muttering under her breath, talking about going and getting some snacks. And then she was crawling in front of and behind all these different people. And you realize it must be a concert. She's like, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pushing people out of the way. She's like, oh, there's my seat right up front. And there's my friend who's waiting for me. And I'm so close to the front, I can even see the set list. And yes, the band's going to play my favorite song. This is fantastic. I have the best seats in the house. And of course, the motto of the commercial was, if you have American Express, you will always get the best seats. Now, some of you might not go to concerts or plays or maybe anywhere other than church where you sit with a bunch of people. And frankly, we can always pretty much get the best seats we want at Ascension. So we don't worry about that so much. But we do all live in Montreal. And maybe you all have had the experience of being on the highway or the auto route and having a bunch of people cut around you, pass you on the left or sometimes even on the shoulder all the way to the front of the line in which you have been waiting patiently to get off the highway only to cut in at the last minute. Like somehow they've got the American Express card for auto routes. And they get the best places on the off-ramp, and the rest of us just have to wait our turn for the special people. Who doesn't want the best seats? Who doesn't want to be the person at the absolute front of the line rather than waiting in a long line of traffic to get to the airport or to get off the auto route or to head on a bridge out of the city? And who among you likes it when people jump in front of you in queue or in line when you have just been waiting patiently? Now, my question to all of you this morning is, is that what Jesus is talking about today? Is today's text all about people who cut you off on the auto route or people at the Bell Center that want to get right behind the net to watch the Habs play? Well, the answer is yes and no. So let's start with the yes. There is a sense in which the reason why Jesus is talking to you and me this morning about having the best seats, wanting the place of honor, wanting to get in front of everybody is a fundamental feature of our sinful nature. Each and every one of us wants to be at the top of the pile. Nobody wants to be at the bottom of the pyramid. Nobody wants to be the last person to check out at the store or the last person to get on the plane, the person that has to check their luggage because there's no room left in the overhead bins. Everyone would prefer to be at the top of the organizational chart 
rather than the sub-deputy mailroom clerk at the bottom. That's what sin does to us. Because sin makes us focus on me and where I want to be and does not let us see all of the other people who would equally like to be at the front of the line. It does not let us see that our neighbors would all like to have the best seats, that our neighbors would all like to get out of the grocery store and get home. All we can think about is what we want, where we want to sit, where we want to be on the highway, and we want to be first. The two most fundamental commandments of the Lord are, you shall have no other gods before me, And love your neighbor as yourself. And the two of them go together. Because if we do not love our neighbor as ourself, we are probably on track to make ourselves God. (laughs) So in that sense, that is precisely what Jesus is talking about. Helping us identify the situation that we are in as humans, what breaks us apart from God, who is always giving, who is always creating, who is always putting everyone else first. And here he is having to look at his pinnacle of creation and how we would like to take God's place. But in another more accurate sense, no. Jesus isn't just teaching about manners. He's not just telling you that you need to give up your best seat at the Habs game so that somebody else can have a better seat. And so that whoever is on the team this year might point out to you and say, oh, no, you come down and move closer. You have to look at the context of these parables to see the deeper reason why Jesus is telling them. And the context is once again a group of very legalistic religious scholars who are watching Jesus. They are watching Jesus carefully, the text says. Watching carefully is the same root word that we get in the Great Commission when Jesus says we are to teach everyone to guard his words carefully. The problem is they are not watching Jesus's words carefully to learn from them, but to pick them apart. They are not listening to Jesus to be informed, but to judge. And so Jesus gives them something to learn from. He heals a man with dropsy. I don't know about you. I do not remember from my medical diagnosis guide what dropsy is. I went on WebMD. It does not come up at the top of the list for diagnoses. Dropsy apparently is kind of like gout. It's an edema, a buildup of fluids somewhere in someone's body. Very painful, makes it very difficult to move. And so Jesus sees this man who has been impacted by sin such that his body now hurts, and he heals him. He delivers him. He makes his body righteous, which means working the way it's intended To work. That's what righteousness means. The problem is he does it on the Sabbath, the holy day, the day of rest, when God had enjoined us not to work. 
And so what Jesus is doing is asking a fundamental question. Is the purpose of the Sabbath to give us time to recognize God's righteousness? Or is the purpose of the Sabbath for us to make our righteousness known to others? Now, hopefully, good Christians and visitors, you might recognize that it's not good to make yourself look better in front of other people. That's not something that we want to do purposefully, even though a lot of us end up doing it. The purpose of the Sabbath is not for us to make ourselves look holy. It's not to show up everybody else by saying, look at me, I dressed up this morning, I came to worship, I presented myself before the Lord, I'm a good person all week long, I gave money to the man who was begging by the side of the road, I made an extra donation at work to the man who was looking for a cure for his son. No. The purpose of the Sabbath was for us to recognize God's righteousness to take at least some time every week and recognize how different we are from our Lord, to recognize what it must mean to be a God who is always putting everyone else first to the point of sacrificing his son on the cross for you and for me in dealing with people who almost never do that as a first reaction. The Pharisees, see, had turned the Sabbath completely upside down. The Sabbath had become an opportunity for them to demonstrate how righteous they were and not to reflect on the righteousness of God. And that's why, instead of celebrating what Jesus did, instead of giving thanks, instead of singing, instead of being joyful about this man who had this incredibly painful physical condition, being delivered from it and made righteous before God, all they could think about is... We're not keeping the Sabbath properly. And we're not demonstrating our righteousness, which honestly is severely lacking. In fact, non-existent before God. You see, when your focus is on making yourself look righteous, you are not paying attention to anyone else around you. You cannot love your neighbor as yourself because you are busy making yourself God. <coughs> and that, you see, was the actual point of the parables. That's why Jesus tells them. It's why he makes this big deal about not coming and sitting up at the front, but being willing to sit at the back. Why he makes this big point about not inviting people to your dinner party who can invite you back to their dinner party. And so you scratch my back, I scratch yours, but instead inviting the people that can never repay you. What God wants to do is see his righteousness in our unrighteousness and to stop worrying about how the rules can make you look better and instead look at what God has done is doing, and will do for you in Christ. This is the gospel, you see. This is why we call ourselves the good news place. The good news this morning is that Jesus, God's son, 
from all eternity had the best seats in the house. He already had a throne with his father in heaven. He already had anything he could possibly want. And he gave up that seat for possibly the worst seat humanity has ever come up with. The seat of the cross. <laughs> Not even a seat at all. Nailed to that cross instead of sitting on it comfortably. No cushions. Birds pecking at you instead of people coming to give you drinks. Jesus chose that seat because that is God's nature. He says, this is what I will do, that you might be delivered from your unrighteousness, that the guilt that you have for the things you have done to others and have not done towards God, the shame you feel for the things you have in your past might forever be done away with, and that God might no longer look at you as unrighteous people who are always trying to beat a path to the best seats, to pass everybody on the highway, but instead might look at you through his son as his beloved children, as sons and daughters, as those willing to give up the best seats that others might have them in your stead. Jesus became last and took the worst seat so that we might have the best seats, so that we might find ourselves on the great last day when the Lord returns seated with him seated next to the Father on his throne. Jesus went to the back of the line so that you could have his place at the front. Jesus blessed us who could never repay him by inviting us to his supper instead of making us eat our paltry little crumbs. That's the point of today's parables. It's what Jesus is trying to use them to do in bringing the gospel to you this morning. That what Jesus is showing all of us is that he is the one who gives up his seat for you. He invites you to his banquet who are lame and crippled and blinded by sin, that you might see his grace. Because the truth of the matter is, the best seats in the house are when everybody has the best seats. That is what Jesus is accomplishing for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.